This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years and have recently launched their up and running program to meet an urgent need to get businesses online today. New business sellers can get a free e-commerce store for 90 days when they visit ebay.ca slash up and running. Offer open until August the 22nd. It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I'm Phil Bliss of Business Visionary and welcome to Toronto's Podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source for great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today, we're going to meet up with David Lukacs, co-founder and director of Cabin Network. David has a long entrepreneurial career and should provide us some great insights. So welcome to Canada's podcast. And, you know, let's do the first question, which I do with everyone. Tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do, that kind of two to five minute, you know, where you are today and how you got here kind of thing. Wow. Thanks, Phil. Great to be here. Um, It's a big question because I've been around a long time. So, you know, I started my career really in university as an entrepreneur. Um, I wanted to do something um, in the tennis stringing business. And I went to my mom's boss and I said, look, we're looking at doing this. He says, no, why don't I introduce you to the printing industry? And I went, the printing industry? I actually started in, in business school doing printing on a part-time basis. And, and uh, took that, when I left university, formed my own marketing agency that did vectorization of graphics. And we're talking, you know, in the 1980s where... Yeah, yeah, I was there then. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like vectorization of graphics. And actually, we did the first vectorization of the Apple logo. And we yeah. did the vectorization of the Remax balloon. So it was really cool. And then in the mid-90s, I saw this thing called the internet coming up. And I said, wow, that would be really cool to get involved. And uh, um, uh, my wife uh, was involved in her print in business, and she took it over. And I said, I'm going into a new career. I'm going to build Canada's first internet mall. And, I, and she said, well, that's cool. And I, I went off to, to do that. And quickly found out in the mid-90s that nobody could spend any money online because the um, both Visa and MasterCard. I found that I bought, I built them all in, in, in 1998. There so, you go. And, you know, and, and I'll come back to that because it's yeah. interesting. So we went to Visa and MasterCard who at the time were separate. A bank in Canada was subject to what's called the duality rule and couldn't issue both a Visa and a MasterCard. We went to Visa through Scotiabank and we went to MasterCard through Citibank Canada. And we actually developed, my first company developed the e-commerce payment gateways to allow Canadians to use credit cards online. And um, that involved the NSA in the U.S., an export of Mm -hmm. particular um, uh, technology. And we worked with the banks. We worked with a company called First Data Corporation, NCR, and we built these gateways. Um, It was my first company I took public, knew nothing about stocks. My family never bought stocks and um, started my public career in that. Left that in 2000, moved on to other gigs, did some charity gigs, uh, helped out doing a lot of stuff built one of Canada's first incubators, um, built one of Canada's first multi-language social networks, and uh, then went back to do things uh, the way I want to do them after leaving all my public companies and created a blockchain consultancy in, in uh, compliance and uh, liquidity, and Cabin was born. And Cabin really is a company that does verification, management, and monetization of digital identity. And that's how we got here. Perfect. That's that's a that's a great story. So you know you've been an entrepreneur pretty much all your working career. Then is that because you kind of wired differently? 
you know, like me, you know, you had a good education, da 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 da. You know, I, I worked for GM for four years and then left and decided I didn't want to do that. Why entrepreneurship? I mean, it's a pretty risky business. I think it was a foolish intent because um, uh, when I decided to go into business for myself, I had two thousand dollars saved and started my business with two thousand dollars. And uh, I, I've often I've mentioned at the University of Toronto and. Um, I've also often told young students um, that one of the best things they could do is probably do what you did, go out and get a, uh, a second education from a major corporation. Mm-hmm. Learn a little bit before you became an entrepreneur. I, I mean, it's been, you know, if it was a Disney ride, it would be Mr. Toad's wild ride, right? It's, um, it's, it's been both amazing highs and dramatic lows. But at the end of the day, um, I don't know my family, none of my family were entrepreneurs. So I, I think, I started down this path, found that I loved um, working with uh, certain people and creating new ideas and really not just becoming my own boss, but working with great teams and assembling great teams. And uh, I'm fortunate today in, in the latter part of my career, I think, is, is to assemble an amazing team. And it's all about um, the people you surround yourself with. So an entrepreneur um, does not stand alone in a forest. They really are surrounded by great people. Absolutely agree. Just in, in terms of that, I mean, you've been in Toronto, you know, it's been your hub kind, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've done business international, but you could have gone anywhere. Why here? Well, it's interesting. As a Canadian, I'm a very proud Canadian. I mean, um, I, 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 I've spent a lot of time um, south of the border working with uh, in the entertainment industry and, and, and the television industry, creating certain technologies and overseas, uh, both in, in Asia and um, in Europe. But um, uh, we're very fortunate as Canadians. Growing up Canadian gives you a very unique perspective. Number one, we're, our, 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 our trading partners to the south are, are arguably or uh, the largest um, uh, consumer economy in the world um, in terms of dollar volume. Um, I mean, China is... Uh, well, That's big in terms of population, yeah. Yeah, yeah and based on population. And Canadians are regarded wonderfully around the world. So um, I've been in Beijing in meetings where there's five of us in a room, two of us traveled there, three live there, and all five are Canadians. So it's, it's really a remarkable situation. I think as Canadians, we have a, a very global perspective because we are a very small population in a very large country. And home is home. I, I love home. I love New York. I love London. I love um, uh, Shanghai, but home is home, and Toronto is my home, and Canada is my country. What's the best thing that you found out about being an entrepreneur? I guess is the is the um, the exhilaration of people saying, "I love what you're doing." I, I recognize your company. Um, you know, when my daughter, who's a young adult now, uh, her friends say, "Wow, I've heard of your company, and I think what you're doing is really cool." That is really special. Um, I mean. Having had the opportunities to do so many remarkable things, um, it just to meet remarkable people and, you know, people in, in, in government and people in entertainment. It's, it's been something I never would have imagined, but the ability to um, interact with people on a level that I've created is, 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 and my teams have created is just outstanding. You mean, you know, with Cabin in the moment, you know, just a little bit of that, you know, what are you most excited about? in that business today? 
Well, you know, I've always strived for what I call universality and, and, and every business tries to create the largest addressable market for their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a car company, you, you, you have multiple lines of cars that reach a large population. What I sort of envisioned, and I'm the visionary for our company, uh, I, design, I design a lot of products. I, I do not write code, but I design a lot of technology products. And what we're doing today with digital identity, we believe is addressable to 100% of the online market. So when you think about the online market today, the first thing that comes to mind for addressability to 100% of the market would be search. Everyone uses search. The second thing you think of is, well, communications, and I'll lump those all together because everybody does email or WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. We do some kind of communication online. The third we believe is digital identity because we're all individuals online, and at some point in time, whether it's education, whether it's purchasing something, whether it's voting, you will have to prove who you are. And our technologies are built for consumers to own and manage their identity because our philosophical belief is that ownership of digital identity is a basic human right. So what excites me, what gets me up in the morning is the fact that we're building something that is addressable and could be beneficial to the entire human population. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is powering Canadian small businesses. Go to ebay.ca slash up and running to open your online shop. So, what are the top three things on your bucket list or vision board? Uh, I mean, they can be business things. They can be personal things. I, I don't like to define it. I'm just, I always find it interesting. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you some unique things about me. So I've done a couple of them already. I'm part of a team that has a Guinness World Record. I've, uh, I've been nominated for a New York Emmy for television. I've done some remarkable things and met some remarkable people. And right now, you know, I don't really live with a bucket list. It's really weird because... I find that as I maneuver through life, I get these really unique opportunities. And uh, I'm a big comic book collector and comic book fan. Mm-hmm. And I have been since a child. And um, we just announced today something in the comic book industry, which is just exciting. But I got to become friends with Stan Lee. I would have never imagined that. And it remarkable. I mean, I was doing work with Disney and I had an opportunity to get a personal tour of Tony Stark's apartment for one of the Avengers movies. And, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, gave me the tour on a one-to-one basis. So we've done a lot of really remarkable things. Um, you know, before my, and this is a very personal item, but before my father-in-law passed a number of years ago, who was a huge baseball fan and I wasn't, I was able to call up um, in his final year and get him seats behind home plate, 20 rows behind home plate at one of the uh, World Series games. So it's now for me about what can I do that help to help others. And it's very altruistic, but I think, I think it is really where we're going today. I think it, it, it becomes experiential. So my bucket list, I can't really define. I've just done so many great things. This is a good one, I think, for, for people listening. You, you face, you know, unexpected challenges. How do you typically handle them? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm currently five foot four, 165 centimeters, right? Mm -hmm. I like to say when I got into my own business, I was a foot taller and I've been hit over the head so many times. You know, my family is my strength. A lot of people say that, but I'm very fortunate, but it's, it's, I don't know where I've got it because I can't say I got it from my family, but I, you know, my gaming handle is bulldog because I am tenacious and, and it's not about having a no, it's, it's working with others to find the yes. Um, There are times and there have been times where things are very, very dark. 
but I think if you're honest with people and you, yeah. you, you fess up to the fact that you've got a problem and can you help me find ways to navigate this, you'll find that, that you'll, good people will help you in good ways. It, they, they may not write a check, but they might give you an entree into somebody who will help you get to your goal, making, helping someone else write a check. Same, same kind of idea, but, you know, based on what you know now, you know, what would you say to someone starting their business? You know, is there, is there two or three things that you, you mustn't forget? Uh, well, a couple. One, again, if, if, if you could spend a couple of years learning your craft um, through someone else, it's probably a very good education. You'll get, you'll get a vast, um, uh, wonderful education to do that. And one of the first people I mentioned at the University of Toronto ended up doing that. And he's now a very, very, very successful entrepreneur. And, and I couldn't be prouder of him. The other thing is, is I said this in an interview when I was 25 years old, that an, a good entrepreneur surrounds themselves with people who know more than they do and draws on those talents. Find family, find friends, find associates, find people who would be willing to mentor you. And it doesn't matter what age you are. I still get mentored today in my late 50s by people who know more than I do about certain technologies, certain business ideas. And it, you know, don't stop learning. It's, it doesn't have to be a for, formal education, but just don't stop learning. So, I mean, in that, that side, this is more specific. And you and I have, you know, gone through the same kind of thing. And I know that I received a couple of pieces of advice that I've carried around. You know, that I keep them in my pocket. So yeah. what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Just that kind of thing where you, it's always kind of there. I, I, I can tell you this firsthand. So, I did a lot of work um, between my internet stints uh, doing fundraising for, for charities. And I helped design programs that raised millions of dollars in Canada, the U.S., and even overseas for charity. And um, in 2002, as a thank you from the police, um, a police organization in the U.S., I got an opportunity to meet Rudolph Giuliani uh, just, just as he was finishing his mayorship. And it was a personal one-on-one for myself and my wife. And I had just read his book on leadership. And he kindly said, you should have brought it with me. I would have autographed it. And that was quite <laughs> kind of him. But I, I asked him a single question. What makes a good leader, in your opinion? Only one question. And he said, make a decision. You, you always have the opportunity to change your mind. You can do things differently down the road, but you won't get anywhere if you don't make a decision. And I took that to heart because here's a gentleman during the, um, the crisis of 9-11, had to put his friends in harm's way. And some of them were, uh, if you read the books, some of them were actually killed. Mm-hmm. So I've always learned that I will make a decision. Um, it doesn't have to be steadfast. It can be one that is, let's make a decision for today to go down this path. And we hit a juncture, maybe we'll change direction. Mm-hmm. But I would advise everyone that the best thing they could do in life is to not stand still, but to make a decision. Good way of putting it. So we're going to move into what I term kind of fairly rapid fire questions. Don't want you to think too long about them. If you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you be doing instead? My dad drove a cab, maybe driving a cab. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, uh, maybe be a teacher. What book are you currently reading? Uh, I'm not reading anything at the moment. I haven't had time. Okay. What book would you recommend uh, or book would you recommend to, to the audience that that really, you know, had a, had a, a bit like the, the advice that, that's had an effect on you. You know, the Google way is, it was really good because it gave me an understanding of what Google has done right and what they've done wrong. Are you a morning or a night person? Yes. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, like, you know, one of my, one of my consultants thinks I'm a vampire cause I just, I don't really sleep. I, I mean, I go to bed and um, so usually I start around seven in the morning and I finish usually at midnight. Um, I like to like to turn off my phone around 10, but mm-hmm. I, I think I can, if need be, I am both. I, I love going traveling to the West coast from Toronto because I get 27 hour days for the first day. If you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Tenacious. That's a common description. I, I just do not give up. Yeah, I think, that, I think that, that goes for a lot of us, to be honest. What's keeping you up at night? Well, we've just taken Cabin North America public, so there's always the indigestion of, of taking a company right. public. I've not been there, yeah. Yeah, and the exhilaration. And it's the fourth time I've taken a company public. What keeps me up at night is... is I imagine myself, it's, it's, my staff calls them Davidisms, but, but I, I, one of them is don't panic until I panic and when I panic, run. <laughs> but I, I, I imagine myself getting up every morning, someone dousing me with gasoline and spending the rest of the day running away from a lit match. So um, um, get as much as you can done during a day is kind of what I do. So it's, that, that's where I am on that, yeah. You do take some breaks. So what's your, what's your favorite place, most favorite place in the world? You've been all over the place so for different reasons i love london outside of toronto i love london and i love new york um for different reasons um mm-hmm. london is such a great great city it's i mean i'm an amazing city and new york is truly the 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 the, t- the city that never sleeps and uh, mm-hmm. even after all these years i still stay in times square when i go to new york because i i love the ability to watch what people do because at, at, at the heart of what i do i'm a marketer this last question is very much, uh, it's a heartbreak to 100 days before. There's a small tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only, yes, a phone booth, remember what that was, and no internet. We drop you off there with no technology. At any time, you can use the phone on the island to call the boat to come and pick you up. How long do you last before making that phone call? And what would you do? Well, you know, I, at heart, I am an, intro, an introvert. My daughter, who has a, de- a degree and a master's in medical science and psychology, does not believe it. But at heart, I am an introvert. So I probably could last on the, uh, on the island quite a bit and, and just um, be at peace with myself. I'm okay with that. But, um, you know, I do relish time with certain people. And I probably would miss, certainly miss my family very much, very quickly. But I probably... Um, just learn to relax a, a lot more than I do. And I, and I need a little, I think as I, as I move forward, I, I need a little more introspective time. And, but, but nobody wants to crawl into my head because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in there. So I, I'd want to be, uh, I, I just want to have time to think. David, that's about it. Thank you for the interview. It was really, 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 really fun. You know, people looking at us or listening to us, often want to follow up with, not with me, but with, with the people I'm interviewing. How can they get to you online? Uh, you can get to me through LinkedIn. I'm the only David Lukacs on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to get me. And um, you can visit, you know, cabinsystemsna.com um, or liquidavatar.com and, and find out how to, how to get to me. That's probably the easiest way to get to me is through LinkedIn. Okay, David, thanks for coming on to Canvas Podcast. It'd be great having you. Thank you, Phil. It was a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at CanadasPodcast.com, where you can listen, discover, and engage. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years and have recently launched their up-and-running program to meet an urgent need to get business online today. New business sellers can get a free e-commerce store for 90 days when they visit ebay.ca slash up and running. Access eBay's 170 plus million buyers around the world. With eBay Canada, you can stay local, sell global, and power up. That's ebay.ca slash up and running. Offer is open until August the 22nd.